Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what your prayer intentions are. We are going to look at one of the most important books for you to read uh, now as we get ready for these midterm elections and one of the best books that will prepare you for the presidential election of 2024 and let you know who's going to run and who's going to win that election. We're talking about a book. That, well, I'll tell you about it in just a moment, but let's pray first and, um, and look at Scripture. And then we'll get into some of the messages of this, uh, of this new book. I want to go to Psalm 111, and it says, Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and their assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown His people the power of His works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people and ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Let us pray. Father, we do give you praise just as our founders did. We give you praise just as Patriots from across this nation do, who love America, who are working to save America. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for our ability to instruct and exhort and encourage one another, to learn from one another, and to look ahead with confidence at what we need to do to preserve life, to secure justice, to conserve liberty, and to always live according to the principles of your kingdom and the principles of America. We ask all this in the name of the Lord of every nation and the only hope and Savior of humanity, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, I'm going to put on my ultra MAGA hat as we talk tonight. And I've got a great book. Now, I've talked about this book on the show before, but I want to delve into it a little bit more share with you a few of the little gems that are in here. Dick Morris wrote an excellent book, The Return. The Return of President Donald Trump. Trump's big 2024 comeback is the subtitle. Who will be the nominee in 2024? Donald Trump. Who will win the election? Trump will win. Dick Morris lays out why he is convinced of both of those things. And I agree with what's in this book. Well, 20% more turnout happened in the election of 2020 than happened in the presidential election 
of 2016. We know that President Trump received more votes than any sitting president in American history. Those those around us who say, uh, oh, well, why do you still, do you ever get this stupid question? Oh, why do you still support him? My goodness gracious. Why in the world would somebody ask a question like that? Why do you still support President Trump? Are you kidding me? More votes than any sitting president in the history of the country. Hello, that should wake people up to the fact that it's a silly question. Why do we support him? Well, because maybe we're part of, you know, I don't know, this little club of 75 million people that see something. Many others who support him that can't vote yet. See something like maybe something called leadership. Well, you know what I'm saying. Let me go to the board because I got a thing I want I want you to remember that's going to affect the election. Now, this is not in this book. But it's something that um, Dick Morris uh, has referred to in uh, other um, conversations and uh, interviews and that we should know about. It's a Supreme Court case that has been accepted and will be heard in the fall regarding state legislative authority over elections. It's a case, essentially, that deals with the provision of the Constitution that the state legislatures control how a state conducts its elections. The Constitution doesn't say the governor. It doesn't say the Secretary of State, it doesn't say the Attorney General, it doesn't say the Supervisor of Elections, it doesn't say the state courts, it says the legislatures. And that's what this case is about. Because you know, you have seen before, that the state legislatures may set certain laws in place, laws we're talking about, okay, laws are supposed to be obeyed and enforced, laws we're talking about, laws are supposed to be clear, and they usually are clear, this may be done, this must be done, this cannot be done, here's the time, here's the deadlines, here's the time frame in which it must be done. State legislatures make laws regarding elections, And then other people who are not authorized to change those laws go around changing them. There's no question that that has happened and shouldn't happen. Supreme Court hopefully is going to clarify this because one of the things Dick Morris points out in his book, and again, the name of the book is The Return, is that it is so important that we look in this midterm elections at the Secretary of State. Does your state have an election for Secretary of State and Attorney General? I went into this in a previous uh, episode because these people, for good or for bad, have a lot of authority over elections. Nobody has more practical authority 
okay, distinguishing that from constitutional authority, the person with the most practical authority over the elections in your state is the secretary of state. Pay attention to that. Okay, so that's one of the, key, the important things that uh, is brought out in this book. Now, what we are looking at, um, when we look at the dynamics of the election, so the, the return is the return of President Trump, obviously, to uh, both the nomination and the, uh, and the, uh, and the presidency. And uh, Dick uh, points out in this book that we've got uh, two, um, two uh, segments of the electorate that brought him over the top um, and that he, in the 2020 election, obviously won over to uh, the Republican side of the, uh, of the fence. The uh, Hispanic patriots, okay, Hispanic American uh, patriots who love this country, who sacrificed so much to come to this country because they wanted to get away from socialist, communist regimes. Therefore, what are they going to do? They're going to love America. They're going to love America. They're not, they paid a price. They made sacrifices to come into this country the right way, the legal way. You think they're just going to stand back and say, oh, isn't this a great thing? There's so many people are just cutting the line, disobeying the laws, flaunting the laws, coming in, giving, being given a silver platter by the Democrats. Oh, oh, that's great. And some of them hate America. And some of them want to do violence to America. And they're coming in. Not that the Hispanic population doesn't go along with that. They responded to President Trump's call for America first. They love this country. And also, the high school educated uh, white population, um, white voters, also came out in strong numbers for President Trump. He earned their trust. He listened to them, earned their trust, and what I'm saying was, it, it, what this book says uh, is that these are two constituencies, two demographics that made a, 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 a clear shift and a strong difference for uh, President Trump. Uh, and and, 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 and they're a demographic that only he can hold on to now. Uh, in the, exactly the way that he knows how to do as we go into this uh, 2024 cycle, which is right around the corner. Look at wage earners, for example. Who benefited under President Trump? The lowest 25%, let's just uh, compare what they got under Obama how much did hourly wages go up? Well, $1.48. Under President Trump, you've seen this before, you've seen this comparison. The lowest 25% of, of wage earners, five, how about 514? Anybody want to find a voter who wouldn't prefer that? Anybody want to find a family that wouldn't prefer that? A worker who wouldn't prefer that? A citizen? Anybody in their right mind? 
yeah, well, we got too many people that are not in their right mind or just being willfully ignorant of the statistics. We are in, right now, a midterm election that is um, in our favor. We know that the winds are in our favor. And these are some of those wins, and these are some of those dynamics and some of the reasons why. Let me just give you one other statistic. Since 1934, you look at the midterm elections, 19 out of 21 midterms saw what? They saw the president's party does not do well the president's party loses seats in Congress. Now, 19 out of 21. You remember the two that were exceptions to this? I remember them very well. 1998 under Clinton. Why? Because voters got tired of the Monica Lewinsky uh, nonsense in the hearings and, and stuff going on with that. And then, so that was a, a, a specific dynamic that changed uh, and went against the, 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 the trend. The other one favored the Republicans was uh, 2020, uh, 2002 when um, we had, I remember, uh, because we were working so hard at Priest for Life in the year 2000 for those elections that motivated above all by the abortion issue. And then, of course, that was the, the uh, historic, uh, historically close election for George W. Bush. But then uh, I remember preaching uh, uh, in those intervening years and uh, saying, you know, we've got the country with us. We are going to increase. We're going to take back the Senate. It was a matter of taking back the Senate at that time. And we did. And, of course, George W. Bush then at that point had the momentum of uh, uh, patriotic Americans uh, rallying around our country after the, the tragic events of 9-11. So, though, but the only two exceptions since 1934 in this, in this uh, 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 trend of American politics that the president's party loses seats in, in, uh, in the midterms. Uh, and so uh, Congress is already uh, right now as about equally divided as it can be. So this can only be good news for us. Let me return here to the, to the seat and go through a few other um, things that this book points out. Oh, you'll hear some people say, but when it comes to President Trump, you know, I wish he would just change his temperament and, if he had a different temperament, you know, I like his policies, oh, I love his accomplishments, but let him change his temperament. They don't understand that it's cause and effect. The temperament brings about the accomplishments. You modify or mollify the temperament, you're not going to get the same accomplishments. He governed, like it or not, by uh, a form of aggression that is effective. Yes, you may call it bullying. You may call it intimidating. But brothers and sisters, this gets the job done and got the job done and will get the job done again. And I want to uh, 
you know, point out here some of the, uh, let me see where, where, uh, um, Dick Morris here again, the book is called the return and, um, yeah, he goes into this here. Intimidating. Okay, he uses the word intimidating. Uh, threats, loud complaints, accusations, and bullying. Like it or not, Trump governed by intimidation. He got his own way with his own party, with Congress, with foreign leaders, and even with the media. His own party, remember, people like Jeff Flake and uh, uh, Bob Corker, you know, they learned uh, the, the end of their political careers came about. You know, they learned what happens when you go against uh, uh, Trump and he comes back against you, intimidating people in his own party. Foreign leaders. Okay, how about the way he dealt with Russia and China and Iran and Venezuela and Cuba and even our allies in NATO? Okay, folks, when are you going to pay your fair share? He insisted on it. Mexico, I remember the story he always tells about how he got, the, got them to give the 28,000 soldiers along the border. Okay, we'll just put tariffs on the, on, the, on the automobiles and whatnot. Playing tough, making threats that he could deliver on and that they knew he would deliver on. China, nobody could get a dime out of them, and he got billions of dollars instead. But I mean, you got to... You know, I, I I don't I don't understand sometimes how people don't uh, don't see this intimidating the news media, fake news, enemy of the people. They are, they are, they are, and there's no uh, no denying that. And lo and behold, what happened when President Trump was no longer in office? Nielsen Media Research ratings showed CNN was actually the loser of the 2020 elections. Uh, nearly half of its viewers, after just one year after the election, were gone. In June 2021, CNN had an average of 580,000 total daily viewers, a drop of 49%. MSNBC suffered the second largest drop in viewership and lost 37% of its total audience. What did President Trump say? Ah, these people need me to be in office. He's right. When Fox News made the mistake of announcing that uh, prematurely that President Trump had lost uh, Arizona election night, they made a premature announcement, they lost 35% of their Total viewers. And meanwhile, Newsmax surged. Newsmax, loyal to President Trump, surged in its... Uh, and he didn't succeed with the media? He certainly did. So this book goes into a lot of these different dynamics, uh, brothers and sisters. And then he has um, part three of this book goes into how the Democrats have made America unrecognizable. President Trump made America great. The Democrats have made it unrecognizable. And three major areas, three major issues that are going to play as major issues in this election, uh, both in 22 and in 24. First of all, inflation. Having lost an astounding 22 million jobs at the start of the pandemic, President Trump's economy rebounded 
big time, adding back 13 million jobs before he left office. A stunning pace of almost 2 million jobs a month. But when he left office, nine months after the pandemic had hit, and we had already gained 15, regained 59% of the lost jobs, after seven months of Biden, we were only up to 75%, and unemployment lingered. In other words, what was a V-shaped recovery, a rapid recovery, he rebuilt our economy not once but twice. Biden's administration and the Democrats turned it into a U. In other words, the recovery slowed down significantly. And what do we see as one of the causes? Biden and his Congress lavished voters with new goodies, giving a $1,400 stimulus check, increasing food stamp aid, paying out more in Obamacare subsidies. Economists calculated, I'm just reading from the book here, that if people stayed home and didn't work, a family of four could make a pre-tax income of 100000 a year, just living off federal benefits. So why work? Yeah, leave it to the Democrats to give you the perfect formula for destroying an economy, destroying a country. You make more. You literally make more by not working. These people are, these people do not deserve one shred of public power. They think, they, they, listen, those of you that voted for these people, these Democrats, listen, there's still time to repent, okay? Turn to God, sit, beat your breast. Lord God, why have I brought such pain upon this country? Lord, I have sinned. I, I have been a failure. Whatever name you want to give it. I'm not going to enter into theological debates about it. But you've done the wrong thing. You've done the wrong thing. Now make up for it in this current election. That's a great thing about America. You know, no matter how bad an election is, is always the next one. Those of you that voted in these Democrats who are now destroying this country, would you please resolve right now to make up for it by voting Republican in these midterm elections? Immigration. Like President Trump says, Biden could have gone to the beach. The border wall was standing there strong. It was incomplete just a little bit. A record number of more than 200,000 illegal immigrants were caught sneaking in each month in the Biden administration because they f- refused to finish this wall and were released or resettled into communities that didn't want them. 600 unaccompanied children flocked over the border every day. Again, The humanitarian crisis, the smuggling of drugs, the pouring in of fentanyl into our country, this is all at the hands of the Democrats. Every last bit of it. And everyone who voted for these people 
or still supports these people bear responsibility for this and the crime and the crime we have experienced nationally a third a record 30% jump in the murders taking place in our country and in the nine cities where the left has cut the police budget murders are up 68%. 68%. So, on these big three issues, inflation, immigration, and crime, we can lay the blame squarely at the feet of the Democrats. They're not going to change. And you know who can do something about this? The one who already has done something about it. And that's why, as uh, Dick Morris says he has the clear advantage, President Trump does, of coming back. Now, this book continues, and I'll uh, uh, continue more in uh, subsequent episodes going into uh, some of the uh, some of the the nuggets of and the insights, the statistics, the facts, the talking points, all of this to help you and me make the case that President Trump is the one to um, secure the nomination, make this country great again. And then, you know, by the by, by virtue of these midterms, we're preparing the way uh, for that to happen uh, through uh, bring, raising these issues, putting them at the feet of the Democrats, and making uh, uh, also the points that we made already earlier. The return, uh, Trump's big 2024 comeback by Dick Morris, uh, uh, make sure that uh, this is part of your reading uh, the rest of this summer and as we get into the fall elections. Thank you, friends. Let's pray again for America. Lord, we thank you for President Trump. We ask you to bless him, bless his uh, family, his associates, uh, those that are uh, continuing through such structures as the America First Policy Institute and uh, and gatherings like CPAC and uh, so many other uh dynamics, Lord, that are going on, that are alerting people to these issues, uh, involving people in these uh, policy matters, uh, creating policy even now for an eventual second Trump administration, uh, setting the groundwork for a Republican Congress. Lord, so much work is going on, and we thank you that we can be part of it too, and that we can talk about these things and alert our fellow voters to these things. Lord, make it happen and give us great victories in these midterm elections for the good of our country. Lord, uh, at the border where where we still have just a complete lack of any kind of, of order or, or legal enforcement, let your hand intervene. Let your spirit be present. Protect your people. Lord, bring us back to sanity and bring us back quickly with the economy, Lord. Again, bring us back to sanity. Set us back on our feet. And Lord, when it comes to crime, God, have mercy. And have mercy on those who brought us this disaster, those in leadership and those who elected them. Lord, set their hearts back on the right, on the right path. And for this and for all the intentions that we have, we offer now the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, connect with me on social media, FR Frank Pavone, Truth Social, Getter, and the other platforms. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network and continue joining our program. We look forward, don't we, to the President Trump rally in Wisconsin on Friday night. I'm going to be tuning in and watching. We won't have our regular Praying for America program. Of course, we'll have President Trump at his rally. So PresidentTrumpRallies.com is our website at Priests for Life for these rallies. And of course, you can watch it live on Right Side Broadcasting too, uh, both of those places. So um, Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, he'll be speaking. But of course, many, many great speeches prior to that as well. This Friday night, August the 5th from Wisconsin. God bless you, friends. Thanks for watching, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.